Okay, so welcome Shmuel, good to see you also. Shmuel, good to see you. Okay, so we're going to page 92A2. 9282. We're going to do tonight 9282. What? Is the number of the, the footnotes because I'm using the iPad, it doesn't show one, two, three, so I get lost. Oh, okay, so, so again, watch well. It is a mention that where we are, the, the, the number of the footnotes we have. Yeah. Because the iPad. <laughs> doesn't show one, two, those numbers. It doesn't okay. Show. So we are in the Mishnah, page 92a, footnote 13. Okay. One, three. Okay. It's a, it's a new Mishnah. Bezrat Hashem, tonight we're going to do two Mishnahs with the same topic. So the topic is that for a person to be liable, of carrying things on a public domain only if he carry them on a normal way. But if people carry things in a non-common way of carrying, he's exempt. You shouldn't do it rabbinically, but according from the Torah, you are patur, you are exempt. So the Mishnah is going to define this one and the following the Mishnah in side B, what is the normal way of carrying and what is abnormal way of carrying? Says the Mishnah, Amoitzi. One that takes, takes out from one domain to another. Bem bimino ubem besmolo. It doesn't matter, you carry with the right hand or with the left hand. That's the normal way of carrying, whether you are a lefty or right, it doesn't matter. No, beto heiko o al Either in your, I think, heiko uh, is like the bosom, I think it's this part. Or you carry something on your shoulders. All that is normal carrying. Chayav. Okay? Now, Sheken Masabnekat, a beautiful thing we have done now, both Parashas Bamidbar and Naso, describing how the Leviim would carry. So, this is the way the Bnei Keat. They were the ones carrying in the Midbar, the Menorah and the Aron Kodesh and the holy vessels. So those holy vessels, they would carry by hand, not in the wagons. So there's an amazing idea about uh, Elazar, the son of Aron Cohen. That is unbelievable how we'll be carrying so many things. Look in the footnote. 14. So in the second part of the footnote 14, there's a scriptural support. The, the last paragraph starts alternatively, there is a support, su scriptural support for all four methods, methods listed because it says at the beginning of a midbar that Elazar, the son of Aaron, he needed to carry the oil. For the menorah, the incense for the altar, for the golden altar, and the meal offerings of the daily offerings, and also the Shemina Mishra, the oil for atonement. So regarding this verse, 
says in the Yerushalmi, the Gemara of Israel, that Eleazar would carry these four items on his person. Now, he needs to be an extremely strong person to be carrying all this with him. Two taps of oil in his two hands. So that's why whether you carry with your right hand or the left hand, that's how they did in the Mishkan. Then the incense in his bosom, probably had something like a, instead of backpack, a front back, pack, something like that. And the meal offerings on his shoulder. So that's why these four types of carrying have to do with the way they were carrying in the Mishkan. And amazing, obviously, it was a little bit of a miracle that Hashem helped Lazar to carry so much. Okay, this is the normal way of carrying. Now, what is not normal way of carrying? Keleachariado is considered backhandedly, but it really means an unusual manner. And what is an unusual manner? Veragloi. If somebody carries with your foot, the fib, if somebody carries anything besides food, to carry food in your mouth is normal, would be liable, but let's say you put a coin or a key on your mouth, that is abnormal. Now, there's two translations of the word marpek. Maybe in the modern Hebrew can be one, but in the Mishnah it's either the armpit or some say over here. So it's either under the axilla or over here. In any case, both of them is not the normal way of carrying. Beosno, in a, in a ear, you go out like this, you would be exempt. Okay? Ube searo, in his hair, also. Ube fundazo, pia lemata, upia lemata. Now, the money belt, have you seen people? There's like money belts, you put the passports and everything. But if the opening is hanging downward, so all your money is going to fall down, it's also not normal way. Ben pundasole halukoi, or between his money belt and his shirt, you stick an object, also that's not normal way of carrying. Or in the hem of your robe, which is very low and could, could very easily fall down. Beminalo besandalo or whether you put something on your shoe or in your sandal, all of this is going to be patur. In all of these examples, you're going to be exempt. Because that's not a way to transfer from domain to domain. Okay? Now the Gemara is going to prove that that's how the Levim would carry things in the Midbar, in the desert. Omar Rabbi Oloza, Rabbi Laza said, if you carry something higher than 10 tfahim, which means that the bottom of the object is higher than a meter, and you're carrying with your hand, you're going to be higher. It's going to be liable, and that is considered the way of carrying. He's going to prove that the people, the Levim, Descendants of Kehat, that was the way they would carry in the desert. Segemora says, how do we know that? They would carry objects 
higher than one meter with their hands. Umasabnekeas minalan says the Gemara dechsev. Look in the verse. Alamishkan v'alamisveach saviv. So the part the pasuk says regarding how the levim would carry carry the curtains of the courtyard that surrounded the tabernacle and the altar. Now this is just to give us an ekesh by the Torah writing and comparing and in juxtaposition the tabernacle which is the roof tabernacle is the roof the mishkan and the altar so tells us makish misbeach la mishkan by juxtaposing these two items is comparing the altar to the tabernacle to tell us ma mishkan eselamo is just like the Mishkan was 10 Amos. Uh, 10 Amos is a lot. It's uh, about 5 meters tall. So just like the Mishkan was uh, 10 meters tall, the same thing we're going to see. I'm going to mute Max, okay. So just like the Mishkan was uh, 5 meters tall, Eser Amos, the same thing, the Mizbeach, was Eselamos. We're talking the altar of copper that they you would bring the animals to that altar to be burnt. So that was also 10 amot high, 5 meters high, which is a lot. Says the Gemara, okay, you made a juxtaposition just like the Mishkan was 10 amos, the same thing the altar. What is the source that the Mishkan, that the roof of the tabernacle was so high, five meters is a, is a, is a very tall structure. Says Because the walls of the Mishkan were made out of planks of wood that were covered with gold. And each one of them was told ten amos. It's written ten amos was the length of each plank. Now, Urtiv also is written by Ephroises Aoel Ala Mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu, he's the one that spread the tent over the tabernacle. Usually, the tent means the second layer of roof of the Mishkan. So, the Mishkan, the tabernacle, is the first layer, and then there were According to one opinion, three layers. According to the second opinion, were four layers. That it says in the verse that Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that spread the second layer on the tabernacle. The Amar Rav and Rav said Moshe Rabbeinu prasho. It was Moshe Rabbeinu the one that spread out this tent on it. So from here we see Mikan Atalamed Kevoen Shelevim Eseramos that the Levim were a height of 10 Amos. That means that the Levim were 5 meters tall. Gentlemen, how tall are you? Get close to 5 meters. Nisim, Ata Levi, Ata Tzayich Liot Kacha Bnei Kiat. 5 meters tall. Okay. Ukmili, <laughs> okay. 
So at, the, at this stage, all the Levim, we're going to see maybe only Moshe Rabbeinu, but at this stage, all the Levim, Bnei Keat, Ugmiri, and there's, like by, it's not that it's an oral tradition, but it's by, by experience we learn, the whole tuna, the middle of the motos, any load that people carry, carry with poles, tilta milemala betrei tilta imiletachas. So one third of the bulk is above the carried shoulders, and two thirds are below. Okay? So over here the Ashkol makes a calculation. Two thirds of the altar height would be six and two thirds amos. We have hung below the living shoulders, leaving a clearance under three and a, and a third amos between the altar and the ground, which is 20 tfachim, which is, would be two meters. So therefore, we see that definitely higher than 10 tfachim, you would still be liable. So, so from this calculation, we see that when they carry the altar, it was way high than 10 tfachim from the ground. That is one proof. The voice but you can also prove it from the Aaron itself, from the Holy Ark. The Omar Mar, we have uh, the, the third thought, Aaron Tisha. The Torah itself tells us how tall was the Aaron Akodesh. The Aaron Akodesh, the Ark, that, that's where they put the tablets. So the, the Luchot, they were in the Aaron. So the Torah says the Aaron was one and a half amot. And every amah is six tfachim. So therefore, the Ark was nine tfachim tall. And then on top of the Aaron, there was a covering, which is a kapores. And also we learn there was a tefach. The Gemara over there in Sukkah, they bring a whole connection how there was a tefach. So therefore, what is altogether the height of the Aaron? Arekana Sora. So the Holy Ark was altogether 10 Tfachim. And again, we're going to apply this principle, Ukmiri, the whole Tuna Demitri Bemotos, any, any, anything that's been carried with poles, Tilta Mileila, or Tilta Milera. So one third is above the shoulders, and two thirds is below the shoulders. So again, making the calculation. So the Levim carry the ark was six and two thirds Tfachim of its height hung below their shoulders and leaving a gap between the bottom of the ark and the surface of the ground, a huge one. And again we find that the ark was being uh, transported, transported, carried way higher than 10 Tfachim. So we see from that that anybody that carries by hand higher than 10 Tfachim, something from the ground, is going to still be li li liable. Now the Gemara asks on the second opinion. It says, Why don't we learn from Moshe that uh, what, what you need to, to, to learn is from the, from the rest of the Levim, which means we already saw in the first opinion that Moshe is the one that spread the oil of the Mishkan. So why do we need to learn 
this second teaching also regarding the Aaron, why it's not enough from the first way of learning it from Moshe. The Gemara answers, because Dilma Moshe is shiny, because maybe Moshe was different, and only Moshe was that tall. Five meters tall, maybe it was only Moshe. Why only him? The Omar Mar, because the teacher said, the presence of Hashem only dwells. Like if you want to be a prophet, you need to have the following. El al Chacham, you have to be uh, wise, very knowledgeable. Gibor, you have to be strong. Oshir, you have to be wealthy. Ubal Koima, and you have to be very tall. So maybe only Moshe, that he was a prophet, he was very, very tall. But the rest of the Levim, they weren't as tall. So it wouldn't be enough from the fact that we see that Moshe Rabbeinu spread the the roof of the Mishkan, and we cannot infer that all the Levim were that tall. But regarding the Aaron, that even the Levim, the Levim were half of the size of Moshe, still the Aaron would be hanging over 10 Fahim from the ground. Okay, let's move on. Omar Rab, Mishum Rab if somebody carries in Shabbos anything, a load, on his head, Chayev Chatos. He's going to be liable of a Korban Chatos. Sheken Anshei Utzal Oisinken. Because the people of a place called Utzel regularly do this. Maybe Utzel was in South Africa. Because you see over here the ladies carrying stuff up, 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 on top of the heads. But the Gemara is going to challenge this. The Anshei Utzal Ruba de Alma. But hold on. Even if the people of Utzal schlep things on top of the heads, they are, are they majority of the people of the world? Meaning to say, for a way of carrying things transfer from domain to domain, only if most of the people transfer like that, you're going to be liable. But just because the people of Utsal schlep things on top of their heads, anyone, anywhere will be liable. So the Gemara doesn't accept that. Ella, rather, the Gemara is going to change what he said. Rather, we have to say that if he stated this is what he said. Oh, not anyone, but as a citizen of Utsal, if a person of the place Utsal schleps a burden on top of his head, he is going to be liable. Why? Because the people of his town schlep like that. And still the Gemara is going to challenge that. Let his way of doing things be nullified in compare to most of people, they don't sleep like that. Now look in the footnote number 38, that many Rishonim ask a question that we understand for other cities, people not to be liable. But if in that city carry like that, people carry like that, people should be liable. So they give different answers. So one of the dancers is that Yutzel is different because what you just a very small town. So being a very, very small town, 
even regarding the people of the town, is not considered a way of taking things out. So rather comes the Gemara, El Aitmar Ahitmar. The Gemara rather says, rather, we have to say, Amoitzi Masoi Adroi Shopatur. If somebody transfer, transfer on top of his head, he's going to be exempt. And even you tell me that the people of Utsal carry like that, their way of doing things is being negated in the view of most of the people. They don't, don't, don't do like that. So even people of Utsal, if they carry like that, they're going to be exempt. Good. Now we're starting the following Mishnah. Uh, Shmuel. It's going to be footnote number one of page 92b1. Footnote number one. If a person intended to take an object uh, out, again, from domain to domain, but in front of him, he was something, look in the footnote number one, he wrapped money in a cloth and he tied a bundle to his robe in such a way that it would hang in the front of him. So he put something hanging from the front of the robe, of the cloak, of the garment, to be being carrying in front of him. So he goes out, and the wind blew on him, and the, and the object went to his back. And uh, he went to the back of the person. Patur, he's going to be exempt. The Gemara is going to explain everything. Okay, now Leacharab, he initially put the object hanging from the back of his garment, and Balo Lefanab, and the wind or something pushed it, and it ended up coming to the front. Obeda is going to be liable. Chayav is going to be liable. So the Gemara is going to clarify why, if he went from the front to the back, he's going to be exempt, and why, if he went from the back to the front, he's going to be liable. Be'emes Ambru, another alaha. The Gemara is going to explain that the word Be'emes means the alaha is like that. Some say alaha lemoshe misinai. Aisha hogeres besinar. If a woman is, I say, girded, girded with an either underskirt or with a um, belt, and she hangs an object from from it, and wants to take the object outside, be'emil fanei melacharei. However, that doesn't matter whether the object shifted in front of her and behind her, <clears throat> because that is common for ladies when they're wearing that, those things that can shift from back to front or front to back, and therefore she's going to be hayeves, liable. But it's common for these things, for this underskirt or this belt, to shift around. And Rabbi Yuda, Oimer, Rabbi Yuda says, Af mekabri. Pitokin. And even letter carriers as well are liable when the objects they are carrying shift behind them or front of them. Look, if you look in the footnote number eight, two things. First of all, there's two opinions whether Rabbi Uda argues with the first opinion, with the Chachamim, or everybody agrees with Rabbi Uda. And the second thing, what is exactly his case? So the way initially Bert explains it, look in the footnote number eight. There were couriers, people transferring, or royal officials, and they would hang 
pouches or tubes from their belts or from their loop, a loop around their necks to carry messages or documents. And as they walked or ran, these containers would go back and forth, front to the back and, and back to the front. Okay, so we're gonna go into the Gemara explaining what is the difference between the, the front and the back. Says the Gemara, why should be uh, different, special, in the case of the Mishnah, that when initially the bundle he was carrying was in the front and then it slipped to the, to the back, and the Mishnah says he's exempt, so we have to say that the person's intention were not fulfilled. And therefore, because he ended up transferring not according the way he wanted to transfer, therefore, is not considered a complete melacha, and he's going to be exempt. But if that is the case, the Gemara is going to question. So also in the case, when he went out initially, when the bundle in the, in the back, and then it slipped to the front, also the person's intention were not fulfilled, and why he should be liable? He also should be exempt, why does the Mishnah say he's liable? So Amar Abelazar Tabra. Abelazar said, indeed, is a kasha, is a contradiction. And we have to say, Mishishanazu, Loshanazu. That the sage, the Tana, that taught the first part of the Mishnah must be a different one than the Tana that taught the second part of the Mishnah. Because they contradict themselves. One holds that an object that moves from back to the front, he is not liable, the person, and the other one holds, yes, he is yes, liable. Amar Robert, Robert disagrees with this answer. Say, my Kusha, why is it so difficult to say that? Maybe the reason why, when initially it was in the front and it was shifted to the back, why should it be uh, exempt? Ainutama de Patur. Why people hide things in the front of them? Because they want to see it to guard it. And when he shifted to the back, he's not happy with that shift. And that's why he's going to be exempt. But in the case that initially the bundle was in the back and it flew, swifted, to, shifted to the front, why he's going to be liable, then his Kamelesh Mirabhusa over there, initially, he wanted to guard it in a very poor way. No so watched. And now that it shifted to the front, now he can guard it well. So this is a, even a better thing, a better way to, for him to, trans, to transfer things. That's why in this second case, he's going to be liable. Again, when it goes from front to back, that is a worst way of carrying, and he's not happy about that, he's exempt. But when he came from back to front, then now, oh, I can, I can protect my bundle, he's happy. That's why that change doesn't exempt him from the transferring. But Robe continues, Ela my kusha. But then, what is the difficulty of the Mishnah? 
if you make a duke, duke means if you want to infer something, duke of the manis in Kasha. So we're going to see if you make an inference in the Mishnah between the first and the second case, they contradict one another. Why? So the Mishnah starts by telling you, If one intended to take out an object in the front of him, but then he came and slipped to the back, he's going to be exempt. That's what the Mishnah says. Okay? So now, you yourself have to infer something that is not written in the Mishnah. But you infer from what is written to that which you can think on your own. In the case, by inference, in the case that the object would have been in the back, and uh, if intended to transport the object behind him and it remained behind him, he's going to be liable, right? But then go to the second sentence of the Mishnah. In Masefa, the Mishnah stated, when it was in the back and he slipped, he went to the front. That is the case that he's going to be liable because he's happy that he can guard it better. But then you can infer, ah, but if a person took an object behind him and it remained in, behind him, he's going to be exempt. Why? Because he's not happy the object to be behind him. People don't carry like that, especially in South Africa or in Mexico. Nobody goes out to the street with the burden in his back when somebody can just pass by and steal it. So that's called, like in the previous Mishnah, not a normal way of carrying things. So we see from the inferences that according to the second passage of the Mishnah, you can infer that somebody carrying behind him is going to be exempt. But from the first case of the Mishnah, you can infer that somebody carrying from the front is going to be liable. So on that, says Robe, Amar Abelazar, Abelazar said, Tabra, this must be a contradiction of opinions. We have to say, whoever taught this has to be a different hacham, a different rabbi than the one to, to, to taught the other one. In other words, according to one opinion, somebody that takes out an object behind him and remains behind him, he's going to be exempt because that's not the way to take out things. But according to a second opinion, he's going to be liable. And both things you learn from inferences of the Mishnah. Omar Ravashi, Ravashi disagrees even with this. Say, my Kusha, why should this be difficult? Dilma, lo No, maybe what the Mishnah is telling goes, and don't make the inference that you made, is really that it's not even necessary to tell you. It's not even necessary to tell you that if the object was behind him and he remained behind him, he's going to be liable because his intent was fulfilled. That's what he wanted to do, and he did it. What the mission is telling you, the mission is telling you an extra thing, that even when he was initially behind him and then he came, came to the front of him, 
That has to let you know that it's more of a, of a Hidush. Why? There was room for you to say. Since the person's intention were not fulfilled, maybe he wouldn't be liable. And that's what the Mishnah has to tell you. That if a person intended to transfer an item with no such a guarded uh, situation, and it came in a better way of being guarded, he's only be liable. So according to this third way of learning the Mishnah, says Ravashi, don't make an inference that there's an opinion that if somebody goes out with something behind him and remains behind him, he's going to be exempt. He said, no, don't make that inference. That case is obvious he's going to be liable. The Mishnah only spoke about the case when he was initially behind and then went to the front that is liable because it's more of a Hiddush to let me know that. Okay, so now the Gemonis want to say, you know what? Maybe actually that we can find in a Brisa is an argument. So maybe that we just said, if somebody comes out to the public domain with something behind him, and remains behind him, whether he's going to be liable or not, maybe is, 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 is an argument between Chachamim and Abiyuda. Says the Gemara, Ve'leacharav uvalo leacharav, Tanai, shall we say, there is a Tanai dispute concerning one who tied an object behind him and remained behind him from the following Brisa, the Tanya, and Moitzimao is Befundaso, Upialemala. Iwan carries out coins, in his money belt, but when the opening is facing up. Okay? So that is Hayab. He's going to be liable because that's a way to take out a, a, a money belt facing upwards. So therefore, it's a proper transferring. But Pialemata, now if this person was carrying that money belt with the opening facing downward, then it's going to be an argument over here. According to Rabiud, it's going to be Mikhayev. Rabiud says he's going to be liable because in any case, he was transferring money. But Chachamim Potrim, but Chachamim ruled that is exempt because as we saw in the Mishnah, that is not the normal way of taking all things. They're going to fall down. So the, 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 the Brisa continues. Omar and Rabiud, Rabiud told to the Chachamim, don't you agree with me? If somebody took out an object behind him and you remain behind him, the case we were dealing in the Mishnah is going to be liable, even though he transported the object in an insecure way, because somebody can just come from the back and grab it. So says Rabiud, if so, so apply the same ruling to one whose money belt was hanging downward. The Amrulo, Echachamin, told back to Rabiud, no. He told him, but don't you agree with us? When anybody takes out, again, literally means the back of his hand, but really means in a normal way, the way people usually wouldn't carry, or with a foot, that he's going to be exempt, because that's not the normal way to carry things. 
So Chachamim telling Rabbi Yudai, so apply the same ruling to one whose money belt was hanging downwards. Okay? So we see there's a dispute over here. Now everybody agrees that things that are completely unnormal, you're going to be exempt. But these arguments are regarding these cases. So Rabbi Yudai, just to end up the Braisa, I stated at one point. He wanted to support his view. And also they wanted to, they said one thing, right? And I wasn't able to find an answer to the words. And also they weren't able to find an answer to my point. Meaning to say, all of us will remain in the same way. Nobody really changed their minds. So now the Gemara wants to say, From the fact that Rabbi Yudah said to the Chochamim, Would you not agree in the case where the object was tied behind him and it remained there, that he's liable? So don't we learn from that, that since Rabbi Yudah held like that, we can infer that he here like that, but that the sages do not agree with him. And according to Chahamin, they would exempt the person that takes out things in the back. So we have to say that maybe there's over here an argument between the Chahamin and Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara says, but hold on. According to the, the, the way you are learning this Braisa. So should you say, the fact that the sages told to Rabbi Yudha, would you not agree in the case where one places an object in the back of his hand or foot, meaning to say with a shinui, wouldn't you agree with us that if somebody takes out in a very unnormal, not normal way, that he's going to be exempt? So you want to infer from that, says the Gemora, Mikro de Mikhaev Rabbi Yudha? You want to infer that the, the Chachamim say that the Rabbi Yudha would say that a person is liable even if he brings out things in a very not normal way? That cannot be. That Tanya, because look what he says in the Braisa. If somebody brings things literally in the back of his hand, meaning to say with a not normal way, or people carry things with his foot, everybody, including Rabbi Yudha, agree that he's going to be exempt. So therefore, you cannot make the inference that you wanted to make. Rather, we have to say that if he initially came out of his house with the bundle behind him and it remained the whole time behind him, everyone, including Rabbi Yudha and the Chachami, will agree that the person is going to be liable. That is the normal way to take out things. And in the other case, if somebody takes things in a very not normal way, which is called in the back of his hand or with the foot, even Chachami going to agree, he's going to be exempt. So what is indeed the only place of argument in Rabbi Yudan Chachamim? In the case when somebody transports his money belt with the opening 
hanging downward. So one of them, the master, Rabiuda, compares the money belt facing down as a situation of somebody coming out with a with a bundle behind him and remain behind him. According to Rabiuda, is going to be liable. Umar and Chochamim, that is the Mishnah, the previous Mishnah we saw, Midamile Leachariado Veraglo, compare somebody going with the money belt facing downwards, like somebody that takes out something behind the hand or in the foot, and according to them, he's going to be exempt. And actually, that was the, the previous Mishnah we started tonight. Okay, that is the end of the argument, but what it comes out is, according to everybody, if somebody goes out to the street, with a bundle behind him, and he remain behind him, everybody agrees he's going to be liable. Just to end up these two more short paragraphs, Be'em Esamru Aisha, the Mishnah said in truth that a woman, that she comes out with this underskirt, even if the bundle goes from front to back or back to front, she's going to be liable. So says Abrai Satana, Kol Anytime you find in the, in the sages the words the MS in truth, that means that the alaha is definitely like that. So regarding a lady that comes out with a, this um, either underskirt or with a belt, it doesn't matter if that just goes from back or to the front, front to back, she's going to be liable. And finally, Rabbi Doimer, we saw the last thing on the Mishnah that a letter carrier as well, he's liable if the object goes from the she's from the back to the front or front to the back. Tana de Brisa said Sheken Malchus The royal scribes they would always do like that. They are used to carry things. Things might go from back to front and front to back. So uh, my dear friends, let's leave it here today because we're starting a new topic in the Mishnah. So we will start it tomorrow at 4 30 p.m. Shukrach, everybody. Have a great week. All the best. Bye-bye.